This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hi, everyone. It's Deanna Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast, and I am excited today to have with me Jen Frost, and we are going to talk about a couple of different things, but mostly a new book that she has coming out, uh, Make Every Day Blessed, How to Live Liturgically. So welcome, Jen. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So, you know, we have, we've sort of been connected on and off uh, through the inter interweb, as we like to say. Um, Jen lives clear on the other side of the country from me, but we still connect every now and again. And uh, one of the things that I first learned about Jen is that she designs fabric. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. You know, for, for me, creating has always been a huge part of my life. Um, I learned to sew at a very young age and I've got these memories of my mom. My mom would always take us shopping. We came from, you know, a, a very, I'm gonna call us lower income family at the time. And so she would take us to the fabric store every Halloween and she would make our Halloween costumes for us. So I have these wonderful, warm, fuzzy memories of walking around fabric stores and the fabric sparkling. So sewing has always been important to me. Then probably like most people, as, as life starts to take over, I started to lose track of that. Um, life got busy. We started our family and we got busy. We just, life took over. However, my mother-in-law quilts and I found for us, that was a way that we were able to really bond. She shared her love of quilting with me. And so I started making Advent quilts just for my family because I wanted to bring some of that liturgical feel into our home. You know, the church is always so pretty with the pinks and the purples and I just wanted some of that in our home. Um, what I wasn't expecting was the reaction of a lot of my girlfriends when they would come over, you know, pre-COVID when you can have people over, I would have friends come visit and they fell in love with the quilt on the table and they asked if I can make them one. And uh, I think I realized that this would be like a great little, a great little market for, for me to start doing that. So uh, since then I've published 27 patterns uh, for quilts and I've also really started uh, designing fabrics and that's been so much fun. We've been making little Sew a Saint dolls. These are great little introductory projects for, for children to learn to sew as well as a lot of ready to sew kits uh, to bring that, that love of sewing honestly to the next generation. I think that's amazing. So the name of the company that you, you do your designing of the, uh, the quilts, the patterns, the fabric, that is Faith and Fabric, right? Yep, Faith and Fabric. It combines my, my two favorite things. <laughs> that's amazing. And where could that be found? Is that, is that an Etsy shop? You know, I have it. We, I'm on Etsy. Um, I've, even, I've mostly probably just got my own website. You can just search Faith and Fabric in Google and it'll pop up or the, the, the long URL is faithandfabricdesign.com. Okay. Well, and I, of course, will drop some links uh, in the show notes to all of, all of your sites. And I can vouch for the adorableness. That's not really a word, but we're just going to go with that word of the Sew a Saint dolls. Um, I have used them myself. I'm not a beginning sewer. Um, but I'm nowhere near as advanced as Jen's creations. Her quilts are amazing. And I've looked at her patterns as well. And just if you really want to make some beautiful things, that's definitely something to check out is those patterns as well. Um, so that's really good. Okay, so, so you're a sewer. 
uh, and a fabric designer, <laughs> and now you've written a book. Yes, two two very different things. You know, back um, when I was really publishing a lot of the the Catholic and Christian inspired quilts, um, I think they they caught the eye of a, an amazing woman, um, Allison Jingris. This was back in probably 2015. And she has a podcast as well called A Seeking Heart. So she had reached out to me and she said she was doing a special episode called Catholic, Catholic Creatives, I think it was called. Um, she, she's just got a great personality and, and we connected, to be honest with you. So we, we loosely stayed in touch. You know, she's also on the opposite coast. But, uh, you know, just an email here, an email there. And it was enough of us to keep in touch that when she had this just brilliant idea of coming up with a Catholic women's Bible study series, she reached out. So because of, because of most of the sewing that I do was very liturgically focused, um, she thought that a great fit would be for me to help, um, to help share just some of that. Where, how do people live liturgically? How do they get involved? This isn't something that they're used to doing with their families. So our, our book, or my book, uh, Make Every Day Blessed, was born. So you mentioned it's one of the state-connected journals, right, for Catholic yes. women. And so uh, I've had a couple, I have had, Allison on the show, actually, um, when she came on and she talked about her latest book of the Stay Connected Journals. And then also Sarah Estabrooks was also on mm. talking about hers, about the virtues. So what exactly is this liturgical living, though? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. There's, um, I used to work at the church and we were always so careful to avoid church speak. And sometimes you can get caught up with, with the words liturgical living. Um, but, you know, honestly, liturgical living is pretty simple. It just, it just means living the seasons of the church from the start of the new year at Advent all the way through the end of ordinary time. And it's, it's just like your calendar where, you know, we start January to December. The liturgical year also follows a very similar pattern. You know, I, I grew up actually, I grew up on the East Coast. I'm from New Jersey and I went to Catholic school as, uh, as an elementary school child. And for me, those two circumstances, you know, growing up on the East Coast where we had seasons, unlike here in San Diego, as well as being in a Catholic school, kind of cemented um, the, the feel of the changing seasons, if you will, not just seasons seasonally outside, but seasons of the church. You know, my, my extended family lives up in Pennsylvania, and we would always go to my grandparents' house for Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, stuff like that. And, and they were some of the most faithful people I know. And what they did for me was just set the stage as to what's important. So then you take that, that, that childhood experience and you, you fast forward. And now that I have my own family, I really want to continue that experience of living the faith with the changing of the seasons. So... I started researching Catholicism on my own. I think for me, this was the first time I really started to make it, make it my own. Um, and the more I learned about it, the more I really came to love our faith. So it, it just was a way to, to me, live liturgically, to bring the seasons of the church, to bring the seasons of our faith into our home and just live them, live them every day and celebrate the Saints Feast Day, celebrate Easter, celebrate Christmas, just like we would celebrate Halloween or 4th of July. It is, it's a very... I think a very good thing to teach, especially when we have young children and, you know, you, with, to live that way in your family is that there's a time for everything. And that's really what the church seasons do, just the same way the natural seasons do. You know, um, there's a time that we're fasting. There's a time that we're feasting. There's a time that we are, you know, gung-ho on the penance. And there's times where we're just gung-ho on the fun. And I think that's a really good thing 
to teach our children, especially, that it's not uh, that God, God wants us to have the fullness of all experiences, not just to always be in one mode, you know, or in one season. Um, and so what, so you mentioned Advent, and so the church year, so, you know, we have our calendar year starts in January, school year, end of August, beginning of September, depending on where you live, that's when the school year usually starts. And then you have the church year that starts um, in Advent, which is uh, typically either the last weekend of November or the first weekend of December, depending on, you know, mm -hmm. the, the calendar where Christmas, where Christmas falls uh, in terms of weeks. Um, and then, so I know that that's one t uh, chapter in your book is Advent. And what are the other, what are some of the other chapters that you talk about? Yeah, so the, the structure of the books is actually really neat. So the, the books are set up to be seven chapters. So the first chapter of the book, you know, I just take some time to really break down any fears, hopefully, that folks might have of what does it mean to live liturgically, to just really simplify it and just talk about at, at a very basic level, what, what does that mean? Why, why do we even bother living liturgically? What is the value in it? What is the benefit for you? And then each of the next five chapters focus on one of our liturgical seasons. So like you mentioned, we start off with Advent. Um, after Advent, we take a look at Christmas. Following Christmas, we, we, we jump forward. Um, we're gonna go right up to Lent, and then we're gonna take a look at Easter Holy Week Triduum. And then uh, we'll finish off the, the following chapter with, um, with Ordinary Time, which honestly is a time to be extraordinary. And then last chapter just really talks about how you can make it your own. Um, as opposed to feeling that fear of like, oh my gosh, I have all this information and I feel overwhelmed. I don't want to do any of it. It's just full of some pointers on how to get started. Um, and then honestly, even within the chapters, what I tried to do was to focus on, and, it, and this comes a little bit even from Allison's goal of really helping us as, as Catholic women to dive more into scripture is taking a look at the liturgical seasons. You know, why do we celebrate Christmas? Where is that scripturally? Why do we, why do we do something specific for, you know, for Easter, why do we have the traditions we have and tying a lot of what we do into scriptures. You know, I was, I found, I was even surprised to find out how much of what we do is just rooted in our own history. I think it's interesting. So, so you said a couple of, use a couple of really big church words. I just want to unpack those for a minute. <laughs> um, so you said the triduum. So the triduum, for those who just don't have all that Latin at the tip of their brain, um, it is the really the three holiest days. So it's Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday are the, are the triduum. So it's triduum means try three days. So it's the three days um, during the week of Palm Sunday until um, before Easter. So it's Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday. Um, and then you mentioned ordinary time, which you said is extraordinary. So as I was going through um, some of your chapters to get ready for this little chat, you said something about ordinary time that I thought, oh my goodness, is this woman in my brain? Because you, you made the point and you just said it again, how ordinary time is extraordinary. I always feel like ordinary time is the time to really, really go deep into whatever it is that's drawing you in, right? Mm -hmm. in, your, in the chapter, I think you mentioned Mary and how there are so many feast days uh, surrounding our Blessed Mother during ordinary time, which Mary is nothing, if not extraordinary, you know? Um, and so I thought that was really beautiful. And I thought that just makes a lot of sense that ordinary time is really the time for us to really look at 
what is it that's drawing us in and what can we go and learn more deeply about? Yeah, you know, it's, um, it can, I always felt, I think when I, when I first started um, making my faith my own, um, I, I like to use that term because it really has a lot of value for me. When I first started doing that, I had found that I had a very large sense of a letdown right after Big C Easter would end and the next day, you know, Easter Monday for me, it was just like this, oh, it's over. Or December 26th was, oh, it's over. And so granted, both those seasons last a lot longer as I've, 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 I've come to learn. But, um, you know, for me, my faith grew a lot more during ordinary time as I've gotten uh, more experienced with it, if you will, than it did during those seasons. Because it, to be honest, it's very easy to be, um, maybe for some people, for me it was, for, it's very easy to be a good Catholic during Christmas, during Easter, during those high seasons. Um, the growth though, I found really happens more for me and a lot of my girlfriends just through discussions we've had during that ordinary time when we're, we're, doing, um, we're doing a rosary, we're doing more faith-filled activities with, with ourselves, with our families, when we're taking that time to go to adoration or when we're just taking time to focus on you know who the saint of the day is, something as simple as that. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I just, it's always, you know, sometimes for me at least, I have a lot of thoughts Sometimes they seem so random. And then when I read that other people have the same thoughts, I think, oh, I'm not a crazy person. This is good. <laughs> I'm not like this super Catholic, nerdy, geeky person. Um, because if there's two of us, there's probably more, right? Um, so, so it's not just us. That's what I'm going with. So it's just, it's, it's really important. I think it is so important to try to really, I love that phrase, making my faith my own, you know, because that's what it's about. That's really what what we're called to. Um, yes, it's important to know the rules. And yes, it's important to know what God wants of us. But it's also important to know what does this faith mean in my life? You know, um, which is really, that's what I love about the State Connected Journals, all of them, is that all of them, I think, answer that question is not only is it about a bunch of knowledge, because knowledge is extremely important, okay? But it's what do I do with this? How do I put this into my life and make it something that's personal, that makes it mine? Um, which actually goes in perfectly. So I just want to, we're almost ready to wrap up. But before we wrap up, I want to talk about your book club and I want you to tell us about that. Yes. So um, as I mentioned, each of the chapters in the book is really focused around a liturgical season. So we're going to do something really unique with this book. Um, I thought it would be fun to do a book club. But to me, it didn't seem super fun for, for many of us to be sitting in our houses during middle of the summer talking about Christmas. So we're going to be doing a year long book club with this book. And so we're going to be reading one chapter um, roughly two weeks before that liturgical season begins. So what this will do is it'll give us an opportunity to, first of all, not be rushed and feel like you have to hurry up and read a book, but to really allow us to explore the chapters, to talk about those chapters, and then as, as women to feel prepared to walk into that next liturgical season. So we'll know a little bit more about Advent when Advent comes up. We'll know a little bit more about Christmas when Christmas comes up. So we'll be doing, uh, I think, six different, or actually, well, seven, seven different uh, book club sessions to, to walk through the book over the course of the next year. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And it makes perfect sense because really, the book is already out. And so um, I will put a link to, you know, to be able, be able to purchase that from our Sunday visitor um, or Amazon, wherever you purchase your books, you can, you can find it. Um, 
but the idea of exactly like why right now would you want to be talking about Lent? By the time Lent came, you'd forget about what you've just read. So this way you're scheduling them so that you're talking about it and then you can be ready right, you know, just ahead of time, which is, I think, a great and creative idea, very creative idea. Um, I don't know. I don't think I would have thought about that. Very nice. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I always like to leave my listeners with is a challenge. So not too hard of a challenge, just hard enough. Um, the not lukewarm challenge. So we, we give our people listening some little task, some little idea of something that they can do this week to grow a little bit in their faith. And uh, Jen and I chatted a bit. She came up with a great idea. And so this week, Jen is going to tell you about your not lukewarm challenge. Perfect. So, you know, when I was, when I started really making my faith my own, it gave me an opportunity to look at a lot of the traditions we have in our family. I mean, from something as simple as putting up a Christmas tree to why we make a lamb out of butter for our, for our Easter table. So my challenge to you guys is to take a look at one tradition you have in your family that you repeat each year as part of your liturgical season and, and learn its origins, learn why you do it, and be able to share that with somebody else. I think that is great. And, you know, and sometimes the reasons why we do those things, we don't necessarily know. And so it is good, you know, you can ask the person who handed the tr tradition down to, from, to you, and then do a little research um, online as well. So I think that's a great, great challenge. So anything else, I'm trying to think of anything we have not covered that I wanted to talk about. Can get, book is published by Our Sunday Visitor and it's out and it's about how really to live the liturgical year and I will tell you that Jen makes it very simple. She doesn't expect you to make a quilt for every season though I'm sure if you want to she has some great patterns oh, yeah. um, and uh, just anything else can you think of anything else? No, you know, um, I, I definitely invite folks to join us for the book club. Um, if you head out to my website, the dates are, are very easy to find and they're there. They're actually going to be hosted through our Sunday visitors. So you don't have to have any kind of special social media to be able to join in. Um, and we look forward to, uh, to learning to live liturgically with you. Very nice. All right. So thank you, Jen. And um, thank you all. And I will be back again next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. God bless you all. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on notlukewarmpodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Diana Bartolini at MediaAngels.com.